is that really in the Bible? You live in a world where everyone has an opinion about the Bible. Of what values are your beliefs if they are not clearly found in the pages of your Bible? The question we must ask is, are your opinions and beliefs really found in the Bible? Well, hello, I'm David Freeman with Is That Really in the Bible? I want to look at today why I don't believe God is calling everybody to repentance today. Again, what I said was, I do not believe that God is calling everyone to repentance today. Now, I know for a lot of religious people, that's almost a blasphemous statement. Well, what do you mean God's not calling everybody to repentance today? I mean, I thought it was God was desperately trying to get everybody, you know, saved and the devil's desperately trying to get everybody lost. And, it, and that concept has been drummed into our heads through a lifetime of mainstream Christianity. And we just come to a point where we just, we sort of, without even thinking about it, believe that there is this huge tug of war going on between God and, and Satan. And it seems that Satan is getting the upper hand. I mean, as you look at our world and its lack of repentance, lack of turning to God, lack of being sorry for one's sins, you know, it seems like the devil's winning. Now, I do want to clarify something. When I say I don't believe God is calling everybody to repentance, repentance today, I do want to clarify something. God is calling a first fruit, and he's been calling a first fruit down through history, probably ever since the day of, day of Pentecost. He is calling a first fruit, but that is not the majority right now. That is the minority right now. In Exodus 34 and verse 22, it says, And you shall observe the feast of weeks of the first fruits of wheat harvests and the feast of ingathering at the year's end. Now, Israel's, the feast day, the, the holy days of God, were built around Israel's, you know, Israel was an agrarian society. It was built around the harvest season. There is spiritual meaning to these holy days and the harvests, how did they sort of go hand in hand with one another? The first fruits harvest was given to the priest. So we have a first fruit that's now being called that is given to the priest. Christ is our high priest, and he is now only calling a first fruit. The Feast of Tabernacles, or the Feast of Ingathering, marks the end of the harvest time, when the whole harvest of let's say, souls will be completed. A much greater harvest at, at the Feast of Ingathering. Now this is critical cr to understand that God is right now calling a first fruit unto himself. A much later harvest at the end of the harvest time will occur later during the second resurrection. And so the idea that Okay, God is desperately trying to bring everybody to repentance right now. And Satan is desperately trying to get everybody lost right now. You know, that, that idea leads to a lot of confusion about the nature of God and what God is capable of doing. Because if you look at the, 
condition of our world right now, you would have to admit that God doesn't seem to be capable of doing much when it comes to bringing people to real repentance or bringing a nation to repentance. They don't seem to be doing much. Now, when I say that God is, is only right now calling a first fruit, we need to understand some statements that are found in the Bible. And we need to ask the question, why are these statements there? Okay, so we're going with the idea that, that God is calling right now a first fruit for himself. And again, it's not the majority, it's the minority. Notice these statements. Let's, let's, let's ask why are these statements found in, this, in the Bible. Luke 12 and verse 32. Jesus is talking to his, his disciples and he's referring to his church. He says, fear not little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Why does Jesus refer to his church as a little flock? You know, not a mega church, okay? Not a mega church. But why? Why is he referring to it as a little flock? Well, because right now he's calling a first fruit. John 10 and verse 26. But you believe not because you are not my sheep, as I have said unto you, my sheep hear my voice and know them and they follow me. Jesus makes it clear that some people are not his sheep, at least not yet. And then he says, but my sheep hear my voice and, know, and I know them and they follow me. All right, my first fruits, my sheep, the first fruits unto the Lord, present it to the priest, present it to Christ. Okay, those, they follow me and they hear my voice. All right, John 6 and verse 44. No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him and I will raise him up at the last day. Now, again, you know, you, you've been lied to about the Bible. You've been told that, that there is this tug of war and there is this God is desperately trying to, you know, get people to come to him and bring them to repentance and, and the devil, you know, you've been lied to because Jesus said, no man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him. Only the first fruit that God is calling can come to the Father at this, at this time. Now, don't sell yourself short. A lot of people do that. They sell themselves short. They, they say, well, God couldn't be calling me. You know what I have found? The ones who are the most least likely to believe God is working in their life may be the very ones that God is working in their lives. So, life. So don't sell yourself short. And to say and, and to underestimate yourself, you could be one of the first fruits that God is now calling right now. All right. Now, talking about the subject of receiving the Spirit of God in the book of Acts, Acts 2 and verse 39, it says, For the promise is unto you. What promise? The promise of receiving the Spirit of God. And to your children and to all them that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. The stipulation is as many as the Lord our God shall call. And again, the assumption that God is calling everyone right now to repentance is just that. It is a great, gross assumption that is wrong. Okay. Now, the question I would have to ask is, do you, do you see everybody being called to repentance right now? I mean, be honest with yourself. Is that, is that what you see when you look at our world? Is that what you see when you look at the corruption of politics 
and what's going on in our own government? Do you see people being brought to repentance right now? Do you see family members, loved ones, the average person on the street, uh, people of influence, uh, rock singers, uh, Hollywood stars? Do you see them uh, uh, being called to repentance? No, <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> I mean, if we're honest with ourselves, the answer would be, well, no, I don't see many people being called to repentance. How about your church? How about your church? You go to, has everyone in your church been called to repentance? Well, if your preacher never talks about sin, if he never talks about breaking the breaking of God's law, sin is the transgression of God's law, 1 John 3, 4. Well, how could they be? How can they even come to repentance if you never talk about the law of God, if you never talk about conviction of sin, which is the breaking of the Ten Commandments? You know, as we look at our society, as we look at our society, you know, 68% of, Amer of Americans say divorce is morally acceptable. 68% of Americans say divorce is morally acceptable. 60% of Americans say having a baby outside of marriage is morally acceptable. 59% of Americans say gay and, and lesbian sexual relationships are morally acceptable. 63% of Americans say sex between unmarried men and women is morally acceptable. And you believe God is calling everybody to repentance right now. That's what you believe. Well, if you believe that, I've got some swampland in the Mojave Desert I want to sell you real cheap. Now, let's go one step further. <clears throat> let's go one step further. If you don't believe God is calling everyone to repentance, what does that tell you? Well, it tells you that God is not calling everyone to salvation at this time. He's simply not. That's what that tells you. Matthew 22 and verse 14 says this. Well, why is this verse in the Bible? Many are called, but few are chosen. And I would have to say, yeah, that's a true statement today. Many are called, but the end result is few are chosen to be the first fruits. Now, why, why are few, few chosen at this time? Why is it that there are few chosen at this time? It has a lot to do with the way a person responds to the calling of God. It really does. Now, let me explain how the calling works, often works. You know, it's, God shows you a little bit of truth. And if you are compliant to that truth, he'll show you a little bit more truth. And if you're compliant to that truth, he'll show you even more truth. But the moment we stop being compliant, often he cuts us off from truth. Hence, many are called, but few are chosen. Now, a lot of religious people, I believe, choose to believe in a no-law theology. What is that? Well, it's the law's been nailed to the cross. It's been fulfilled. It's been, it's mosaic. It, it's the Old Testament. It, you know, Jesus did it all for you. Grace plus nothing. Just accept. Just enter in. You know, that's all you got to do. There's, there's, the, you know, the law... A lot of churches have a law, a no-law theology that they teach. God would call them, but because they reject truth, they are not chosen. Okay? Now, this is explained in the parable of the sower. Only about 25% of the land is good soil, you know. 
you know, you have the you have four categories uh, of soil. You have those that, you know, fall by the wayside. You know, you have the stony ground, and, you know, it springs up, there's no root. You have the, the others that are planted in the thorns and weeds, and it, it comes up for a little while. But anyway, and then you have the good soil. So if you look at these soils, each one, you know, 100%, each one represents 25%. Well, the good soil is only 25%, okay? That is people that fit into the category of the good soul. And it's interesting, the Bible talks about the stony soul. It says this in Mark 4 and verse 16. And these are they likewise, which are, are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness. But they have no root in themselves, and so endure for a a time afterwards when affliction or persecution arises for the world uh, for the word's sake immediately they are offended and you know it, it's a strange thing is it's like a lot of people fit into this category uh, they receive when they hear truth they receive it with joy they're excited I don't have any people I've had you know they'll tell me something like wow I you know they hear something new uh, on my program which is usually what you're going to hear you know but they'll say I look I love your program I watch you every Sunday I listen to you on the YouTube uh, I love every I love your teaching you know I love what you have to say and but what happens often is they have no root in themselves and when they ask their preacher about something that I've said He's going to tell them, well, that's mosaic, that was Jewish, that was nailed to the cross, that's all been fulfilled, we're not under the law, you know, and they get offended and they lose their love for the truth. Many are called, but few are chosen at this time. Now let's consider some fascinating statistics. Only about 25% of the world's population even remotely claim to be Christian. You know, sometimes we overlook this. We overlook this because we live, we live in an America and there, we seem to, some people are, are, you know, they think, well, Christians are everywhere. No, only about 25% of the world's population even remotely claim to be Christian. Islam is the world's fastest growing religion. Christianity is in decline, okay? So let's say, okay, God is a 25%er. That's the best God can do at saving the world, 25%. 25%, that's the best he can do. You know, I don't believe that. I don't believe that for one minute. Islam is, 20, I think, world population, 23%. I mean, they're, they're, they're again, fastest growing religion. They'll, they'll soon pass, pass Christians. Islam will. But I want to tell you why I don't believe God is calling everyone right now. Besides the obvious reason that he's not. I mean, that should be the most obvious reason. No, God's not calling everybody right now. But the number one reason I believe he's not calling everyone right now is because of Christians' inactivity. Their lackadaisical approach to doing anything. I mean, the traditional concept is this. If you don't give your heart to the Lord, and that might mean something like raising your hand, all eyes bowed, you know, all heads bowed, all eyes closed. Now, if you accept Jesus into your heart, raise your hand. Okay, it can be something as simple as that. All right, if you don't do that, then you're going to burn in hell for all eternity. In other words, my 70 years of living in sin equals got me eternity in hell, which 
doesn't seem fair anyway. But that's the traditional concept. Now, I don't believe that traditional concept, but that is the traditional concept that is out there. Uh, Now, if you believe that, Christians, what are you doing? If it's that simple, if salvation is that simple, if it's the easiest thing you will ever, if it's like it's like sliding down a fireman's pole, you're up on the top level, you're going to slide down the fireman's pole with butter on your fingers and in your hand, and, you know, on your hand. How easy would it be to slide down the pole? Okay, salvation is presented that easy, okay? It's easier than finding a mate. It's easier than holding down a job. It's easier than finding a career. It's easier than going to college. It's easier than starting your own business. It's easier than building a house. It's the easiest thing you will ever do. Now, if, it, if that's true, and, and, if, and if these people don't, don't raise their hand, that's all they got to do, just invite Jesus into their heart. If they don't do that, they're going to spend eternity in hell, burning according to the tra- traditional concept. Now, if that's true, what is, what is your church doing? What is your church doing spending millions of dollars on a building with ping pong table, bowling alley, movie night, movie theater, coffee shop? What, what, why not take that money to reach people with that simple gospel of just raise your hand and try to keep them out of hell? What are you, if salvation is that simple, of just raising your hand, and if I don't do that, if I don't raise and invite Jesus and Jesus into my heart, I'm going to burn in in a lake of fire forever. If you really believe that, then let me tell you something about yourself. If you really believe that, if you really believe that, you wouldn't even be going to church. It's a waste of time. Why would you go to church to entertain yourself? You wouldn't live in a home. You'd live in a tent if you believe that. You know, you wouldn't have an air-conditioned home. That's too much money. You know, that's just a waste of, waste of time and energy there. You wouldn't have a fancy car trying to impress people. No, you would take that money and try to save souls. You wouldn't be planning a vacation. There's no time for that. Souls are going to die and burn in hell if you don't reach them. All right? So the reason I don't believe God is calling all people to, to right now is because Christians' total lackadaisical approach over the issue. They're not doing anything, for pity's sakes, besides going to church. You know? I mean, if, if, if you actually believe that, that people are going to burn in hell forever because of your laziness and not doing anything. Now, listen, <clears throat> I know what that traditional concept is a lie. That it's not true. It's not true. God is right now calling a first fruit. He's not calling everybody to repentance at this time. You know, another reason why I don't believe God is calling everyone to repentance right now is that I know God is big. You know, most people, God is too small. Most people worship a God that is too small. And what I mean by that is God's best effort at bringing people to repentance comes from television evangelists. You know, most television evangelists don't even preach repentance. They, they teach a prosperity gospel, and repentance is never mentioned. 
a lot of them have a no-law theology, which makes it impossible. You know, the law has been abolished, been nailed to the cross, been fulfilled, which makes it impossible for a person to even bring them to repentance because that's the purpose of the law, to bring people to repentance. It is the, by the law, I realize, I'm breaking God's law, God's morality, standard of morality. You know? And so if there is no law, well, you can't get a ticket for running a stop sign if there is no stop sign. Where there is no law, there is no transgression. So, you know, I mean, repentance is not even taught. It's not even taught. You know, so that's another reason I don't believe God is calling everybody to repentance right now. Because I don't believe God's best effort at saving, at bringing people to repentance comes through television evangelists. Now listen, I know better. I understand that God is only calling a first fruit right now. And that is the reason a lot of people don't respond to the message. Look, you can talk until you're blue in the face. And if God is not calling them, they're not going to respond to you. Okay? Now, in Job 14, verse 14, it says this. It says, If a man dies, shall he live again? All the days of my appointed time will I wait till I, my change come. You shall call and I will answer thee. You will have a desire to the work of your hands. You know, Job looked at himself as an unfinished work. And there's a lot of people that you know that fit into this category. There's a lot of people that are, are good people, but they don't really care about religion whatsoever. But they're good people. And they are an unfinished work. God is not through with them yet. And, and Job, I mean, let's read it again. Okay, if a man dies, shall he live again? All the days of my appointed time will I wait till my change come. You will call, and I will answer you. You will have a desire to the works of your hand. You know, God doesn't give up on people so easily. And just because they pass away in death, God hadn't given up on his people. And just because they die, you know, in their sins, God has not given up on his people. Revelation 20 and verse 5 says this. It says, But the rest of the dead live not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that has part in the first resurrection. On such the second death has no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. So that's the, that's the 25% that I talked about. That's the first fruits that come up in the first resurrection. But then there's a much there's a there's a, another resurrection, second resurrection, where a great harvest is going to take place. Feast of ingathering, yes. Now I want to offer you a book here, actually a couple things here. One is a great little book booklet. If God so loved the world, why are so many people so many people going to hell? Now it it seems like that. You know how could God? Well, let me just read you this intro. It says, toward the end of a long airplane flight, the flight attendant sat down next to my wife and me and began chatting. When she found out that I was a church pastor, a troubled look came across her face. Her father had just died and he hadn't been a Christian, nor had he led a particular good life. After the funeral, she talked to her priest and he said that her father was not saved and was, and was burning in hell. Imagine that. Imagine saying that to someone. Imagine saying that to a, you know, a, a daughter that just lost her husband. Your father's burning in hell right now. Okay. 
with tears in her eyes, she asked me, do you believe, do you think my dad is burning in hell? Whatever I had to answer had to be quick because there was only a few minutes left in the flight. This flight attendant had struck at the heart of a burning issue. Only about 25% of the world's population even remotely identify themselves as Christian. Using traditional Christian teaching as a guide, it was seen that God the Father and Jesus Christ are losing about 75% of the world's population to hell. Now, this is a fascinating book. You need to order that. I'll send it to you free of charge. This little book will answer a question that one of the disciples asked Jesus. And the question was, Lord, are there few that be saved? You know, this disciple wanted to know, are there few that be saved? And sometimes you look at your world and you wonder what's going on. And, and you think, well, what's happening? Are, are there few that be saved? This book will answer that question and it will be the, the greatest encouragement you have ever read. You know, sometimes learning more about God is simply unlearning what someone else has taught you about God. The second little book booklet I want to offer you is The Last Great Day. It says, untold millions have died without ever having had an opportunity to repent. God's seventh and final holy day reveals when and how they will have their opportunity to repent. Order this. I'll send it free of charge to you. Won't beg you for money. Won't ask you for money. You get it free. And you will be encouraged and you will learn something that you can't learn in your typical church that you may visit on Sunday morning. You're not going to learn it, learn it there. You're going to find out by these booklets that God, now get this, God is a lot more merciful than even you give him credit for, or, or me. God is a lot more merciful than you or me give him credit for. I'm David Freeman, and that's what's really in your Bible. Why have countless millions died without ever having had an opportunity to understand the purpose of life and to be saved? Shocking as it may sound, God does not intend for everyone to understand His truth at this time. If He wanted everyone to understand at this time, everyone would understand. Untold millions have died without ever having had an opportunity for salvation. God's seventh and final holy day reveals when and how they will have their day of salvation. Order your free magazine entitled, The Last Great Day. Order by writing to Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. Also, visit us on the web at isthatreallyinthebible.net.